0: the Uproom Frisco podcast. To learn more about your Frisco, please visit uproomfrisco.com. Don't you just love the name of Jesus? It's hard for me to say the name Jesus without feeling a little smile, either a little or a big smile, somewhere in between there. Or maybe my, my heart is smiling, but just the name of Jesus, right? There's just so much... So much power on it, that precious name of our best friend, our big brother, our Savior, the firstborn among many brethren, the one who came to seek and save lost Jesus, the compassionate, kind, the exact representation of the Father, Jesus, the very essence of the Godhead. the very flowing apagosma, the transcendent, the flowing presence of God into our reality. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You know, when I, when I prepare often for a Sunday, really what I'm, what I'm really praying and thinking and, and hoping is that something either purposefully or accidentally falls out of my mouth that causes us to feel God's affection. That's really what I want. I want us not just to know that God loves us, but to feel his love again, because there is a vast difference, right? There are people who know more about God than anyone else, and you would never want to be around them, right? There are people who know tons about God, and they are grade A not fun people <laughs> to be around, right? There's a vast difference between knowing God loves you and actually feeling his transformative love, his affection for you changes everything. You could be in the absolute worst Physical circumstances of your life, and for a split second, remember his affection, and suddenly you 're in paradise, right So when I pray and prepare uh, I, I, I do love teaching, but I, but not for the the sake of uh, like distributing the distribution of information what i 'm hoping for is an impartation of love i 'm hoping that something that Something that I say about the Lord will have the substance of heaven on it, whether I intended it or not. Sometimes the greatest things happen that, ha- that aren't, aren't in the notes whatsoever. You know what I mean? Like the Holy Spirit comes and something is released and it changes a life. And that's, that's why we're here, right? We want to encounter God. And so if you could just just pray for me that the Lord flows in this moment because I want that too Um, because we know that knowledge, just for the sake of knowledge, has a tendency to puff us up, right? So I'd much rather us experience uh, an impartation of the Spirit of God, because we know that love builds up. I want us to have a a tangible moment of of feeling his affection this morning. And really, I've learned... I've learned a lot about this simply from Paul's prayer in Ephesians 3. It's one of the most famous scriptures. It's in uh, Ephesians 3.18, and this is, it's called an apostolic prayer because Paul is an an apostle and he prayed it. It's really simple. If you you find a prayer written down in scripture from the apostles, it's one of the apostolic prayers, and this is one of my favorites. It's Ephesians 3.18 through 19. It says that we would have power... Which is actual divine enablement, like, it, like the power of the Holy Spirit, together with all the saints, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love. It's the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge. So it's not just, it's not a normal knowing, right? It's knowing a love that's better than just knowing a love. It's experiencing a love that transcends just knowing that there is love available or that that someone loves you. Knowing someone loves you is way different than actually having them walk up to you and give you a hug. Some of my friends are here from the East Coast. I was worshiping up here, and I had no idea that they were here this morning. We were right in the middle of worship. My friend Tim Schumann comes up and gives me a big bear hug. I know that Tim loves me, but that moment was way better than just knowing Tim loves me because he came up and give, gave me a big bear hug. So what I believe Paul is praying is that the Holy Spirit would bear hug our hearts, Right? and it would blow away anything that we thought we knew about his love. It's like, I I thought I knew, right? But it's so much better because I just experienced your love that we would be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. You know, and, and Paul was such an amazing teacher, right? Brilliant. He would have been the Harvard of Harvard and the Oxford of Oxfords. He would have been like... He would have had every degree. He was trained under Gamaliel. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees, a teacher of the law. He was like flawless and obeying. He just had this deep understanding and the Lord bear hugged his heart (laughs) on the road to Damascus, right? Knocked him off his donkey, just... (laughs) (laughs) And rewrote all of that stuff. And... And we, when Paul is talking to like one of his beloved disciples by the name of Timothy, Paul is saying, Timothy, this is uh, 1 Timothy 1.5, the goal of all my teaching is love. Everything that I'm saying, the goal is that you would have love from a pure heart, a clean conscience, sincere faith. So what, what Paul's goal is, is it's what I hope that my goal is. I hope that it's what our goal is. That when we come together, we're not just hearing you know fine-sounding knowledge, but we're actually encountering the essence of heaven this morning. That we're actually being built up in love. And we know that this is Jesus' end goal, too, right? Jesus' last prayer. He says, He says, this is in John 17 May they, as in all of us, experience such perfect unity that the world would know that you sent me and that you love them as you love me. We have an easy time thinking that the Father loves the Son, right? Jesus is awesome. He's easy to love. But Jesus is saying in this moment, no, 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 no. The Father loves you as much as he loves me. The father loves everyone in the world the same way that he loves me. You're like, what? what? How can that even be? Before Jesus did anything good at the baptism, what happened? This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Well, there was nothing recorded that Jesus did so far that was pleasant or pleasing the father. He hadn't done a single thing. And at the beginning of his, of his ministry, the father is saying, this is my son. I love him. I love him. Regardless of anything that he does or accomplishes, I just love him. That's what he's shouting over each one of us this morning. You know, my family, um, we're a very snuggly one. When we hang out, it's usually a dog pile on the couch. We're watching Paw Patrol or something else for three-year-old's love. And my older kids are complaining that we would watch something else. But we're a snuggling. Forget the complaining part. We're all having fun, you know. It's, <laughs> Perfect pastor family. Um, <laughs> it's no problems. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we're lovey-dovey, and uh, we love to be together. And um, my Sunday morning ritual is that I wake up really early, um, and I, I have an idea of what the Lord wants to talk about. And often I have notes that are just all over the place. But Sunday morning, I know I'm going to get up so early before anyone else, be alone, go to my favorite coffee shop. And let the Holy Spirit speak and, and help me figure out what, um, what He wants to release on a Sunday morning here. Well, last night, my oldest daughter was like, Dad, I really wanna go with you. And in my heart, a little selfish, I was like, Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, but it's, it's my sacred time, baby. <laughs> and she's like, But I really wanna go. I wanna go to church. I wanna see my friends. I wanna spend the morning with you. And I was like, and then I tried to dissuade her. I was like, but I'm going to be up at like 5.30, 5.45. Like, and she's like, that's fine. Just wake me up or I'll set an alarm. And I was like, are you sure? <sighs> and I was like, okay, okay. And then my, my uh, second oldest daughter hears this all going on. <laughs> and she's like, well, I, I want to go too. <laughs> And I was like, "This is spiraling out of control shuck <laughs> and, and, and I was like, babe I, if I'm gonna go in the morning i'm I, i'm I want to have one-on-one time with, with one of my children. You know, I do one-on-one time with you also, but let me like, just take Evelyn. She's like, no, Dad, please, please, please. I'm like, I'm just going to take Evelyn. I love you so much, but just, just me and Evelyn tomorrow morning. And I lay down in bed, and my kids, they actually have iPads because they're homeschooled now, and they do all this online school. I lay down, and I'm about to fall asleep, and ding! It's Jane. Dad, please. <laughs> <laughs> please, please, let me go. I want to go with you. Uh, And I was like, honey, tomorrow is just me and Evelyn, but I love you so much. You know I do. We'll do some one-on-one time. So I wake up. I take my shower. I walk out of my room. Jane is sitting there fully dressed (laughs) at 6 a.m. in the morning. (laughs) She's like, I heard your alarm go off. I was waiting for you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so obviously Jane and Evelyn came with me this morning <laughs> Ashley's a little under, un, under the weather so she, she stayed home with the, the other three but this morning I'm, uh, I'm at the coffee shop and, and my, my beloved daughters are sitting across the table from me and they're playing a game together and I've got my notes out and um, on the radio, on the radio, whatever, the playlist, <laughs> y'all ever heard of radio before? So on the playlist, <clears throat> this this old song, of my, a, a favorite old song of mine by a, an artist named Alexi Murdoch came on and we actually played it during transition. Um, and I was, I was just typing, but you know how all of a sudden like a line grabs your ear in the, in the moment and and the line, uh, I, I'm, I'm writing a message this this morning about God being love and um, and, the, and the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit and the love that they share. And as I'm typing a, a sentence about love, I hear the line, in your love, my salvation lies in your love, my salvation lies in your love, my salvation lies in your love, in your love, in your love. And then the next line is, and my sister's standing by, my sister's standing by. And, and I, I just have one of those like moments, like I'm so present, like God is saying something to me in the moment. And then my phone dings, and I have the dictionary, dictionary.com app on my phone, and the word of the day pops up, and it is... Let's try that again. Concatenation. Concatenation. I'm going to tell you what it is. Concatenation (laughs) is a series of interconnected and interdependent events. So I don't, let me just highlight it. The fact that concatenation popped up on my phone as the word of the day was a concatenation in and of itself because it was making me aware of an interconnected event that this song is playing it's highlighting my heart for my children and God's love for us and my sisters are there in that moment and the three of us and I'm preaching on the trinity this morning and God being love and I just knew that like I was just in the timing of the Lord and so welcome to a concatenation everybody <laughs> I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know if you realize this all the time, but the Holy Spirit's a really good shepherd and he has steered your tushy into the chair that you're sitting in. <laughs> it's not an accident. I mean, what if, what if everything that transpired in your life was God redeeming and scheming behind the scenes to work things all together for your good to lead you to this moment right now because he wants to encounter your heart in some powerful way. What if we're all just present Right now, in his love, the we're present in his love, all anxiety just falls off. We're aware that there is something transcendent and beautiful happening. We're aware that we are adored and cherished and valued. That's what I'm hoping for this morning. And so I wanted to just briefly talk about our ancient faith. And I use the word ancient because... Uh, this, this relationship, this godly, divine dance existed before anything. It's very, very ancient. And so would you open up to the book of John, chapter one, verse one? Can you put John 1, 1 up there? It's a super famous verse, but just leave it up there for a while. You know, each of the gospel writers... They, um, they gave some backstory, right? Often when they started off their, their gospel, they gave some backstory to, to really um, firm up, bring a foundation for the revelation of Jesus into the full story. And Matthew, he goes back to Abraham, okay? So that's as far as Matthew goes back. And Mark goes back to John the Baptist, which isn't that far, but he was the herald. He was the voice crying out in the wilderness, preparing the way for Jesus, so that's cool, Luke goes back pretty far. Luke goes all the way back to Adam. He gives us a lot of backstory. But John, John, this young man who laid his head against the chest of Jesus, the uncreated one, the incarnation of God, this this John the beloved who just identified himself as the one who God loves, the disciple that God loves. John is like, we gotta go back further we got to go back further than John the Baptist, Abraham or Adam. And he goes all the way back to before to before God created anyone or anything. And he says in the beginning was the word. And the, but the word wasn't alone. The word was with God and the word wasn't different from God. The word was God. This is a, this is a mystical and beautiful sentence, and um, that word "pros" or that word, <laughs> the word "with" is the word "pros." P-R-O-S. And it's not like it's not like saying like this water bottle's with me. Like it's. Let's see. Are, is there a father-son duo in the room? Yes. Jacob, Zion, come on up here. I'm going to give you guys a visual. De- <laughs> Zion, Jacob, I need you up here for just a minute. It's gonna be wonderful. Okay, Jacob, Zion, you sit right there. And I want I want you to turn to each other almost like 45 degrees. Yeah, just like that. Knees touching. Yeah, just like that. Okay, just like that. And then I need like a manly man who's like a right here. You're a manly man in the Nike shirt. Come on up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you got you got crutches. da da kata heel. Jesus, heal that knee. Come on. Come on. Thank you for coming on up here. Okay, go ahead and sit there. This is perfect. You need help? You need help? Dude, you have such a manly voice. You're just a big, strong dude. So awesome. Okay, this is perfect. I actually want you to hold this crutch like this. Okay? We'll set this one aside. I didn't plan any of this. This is wonderful. Okay, so (laughs) the word with God, pros, P-R-O-S, is turned toward one another face to face. Okay, so here is the father and son before they created. You Before they created earth, before they created Adam, locked in gaze with one another, turned face to face, enjoying unbroken communion. Okay? And somewhere in here is the Holy Spirit. Like, this is awesome. (laughs) Like, (laughs) you know. (laughs) The Spirit hovering over the waters, right? The Spirit's in the beginning too. The Father, Son, and the Spirit. So in the beginning, you have this this beautiful representation of God, okay? Now, over here, let me, let me talk to you about a God that a lot of Christians believe in, okay? Just for a second, you're gonna be a bad guy, but you're, you have a wonderful heart, okay? Okay, just hold, hold that staff, okay? Now, now just, just look real serious, <laughs> this, is, <clears throat> this is the God of our construction, an angry, solo, omni-being that we, who we don't know how to please, and he doesn't look all that happy, and we don't know if we can approach him, right? Which God do you feel like you could trust? We're coming on over here, right? Seriously. You, who, who do you feel like you could bring your heart to? You know that, that, that scripture that says that we can now run with confidence to the Father that, that we have been given access? Why is that? Why, why do we know that we can run with confidence to the Father? Well, it's because the Son came and told us about the Father and said, you can run to Him with me. See, we... Over here, we don't we don't know if we can trust this God, and and how can He be good if He's alone? How can he How can He be love if He doesn't if we've never seen Him with someone to sh- shower His love upon? Wow. How can He be love without a beloved and a, and the love we share, the love they share? I, I heard this beautiful metaphor from a, hold stay just just a minute longer. A beautiful metaphor for, uh, from this theologian, and he said the Trinity. You know, a way that I love to look at it, it's the lover, the beloved, and the love they share. Wow. And all these metaphors fall short of, of the real glory of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But what I want us to, to realize this morning, that before creation, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit were, were in union. They were in Divine embrace. It's called the divine romance. They were enjoying other-centered, self-giving love. Thank you, guys. Can we give these these two versions of God a round of applause? Be healed, be healed, be healed. In Jesus' name. Power, be released on that knee. So John, it's really, really wise of John the Beloved. See, he, he had a He had the longest amount of time to think about what he was going to say. It was the last written gospel. It was even written after some of the epistles. And and he's hanging out, like usually locked up. He's on the run from the authorities. He gets exiled on Patmos. He's having these crazy experiences with with God. He has all this time to revisit all of his memories with Jesus, but also commune with the the, the spirit, the living spirit of Christ, right? And he's thinking, what would I say? He's like, I got to go back. I got to go back to before God did anything to who God is in his essence so that humanity wouldn't love, just love God for what he does but would love God for who he is. Because even though it's wonderful all the things that God does for us if we only love him for what he does isn't he just the guy that gives us what we want? Who who is he in his essence? The, the beautiful, fiery furnace of creation, the love at the center of it all. Who is This is the one thing that David longed to look at forever. He got a glimpse and is like, this is, this is where I'm gonna be forever. This is what I wanna do. Nothing. I just wanna keep on looking at the love between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And David, as he's singing, is getting revelation of the Son. So, when John starts off his gospel, that's how I want us to start off all of our understanding with, of God. I want our understanding of God to start off with face-to-face. They're in love. Face-to-face, they're together. They're in unbroken fellowship and communion because God is not this uh, distance, detached, unknowable being that we don't know how to approach and don't trust that we are even able to approach. complete this uh, really famous statement, statement for me. You guys know this, this scripture. It's, it's when John the Beloved, in one of his letters, he's actually trying to describe the essence of God. God is love. He doesn't say that God is loving, which we know that God, he's a very loving guy, but he's saying, no, no, it goes, it goes beyond that. It, in his essence, in his nature, at the core, the fiery center of God, God is love. And this is, this is the, the most important place. And what he just said is the, the most, it's the deepest theological statement that you can possibly find. It strikes deep at the, the core identity of God. And a study for essence, hang with me, this is a theological term that you can put in your, in your pocket and go with. It's ontology, can you guys say ontology? Ontology. Thank you for, for humoring me. I am a father of young children. <laughs> ontology, it's the study of the essence or the nature of a being beyond form or function, but at a metaphysical level. So it's not what God does. It's not his form or his function. It's who he is beneath all of that. And John figures it out. He says, God is Love. And when I say God is love, often we have this knee jerk reaction. God is love, but he's also fill in the blank. God is love, but he's, he's also just. Now, here's the, here's the difference <clears throat> is God justice, or is God just? And is his justice being worked out through his love? Because at his core, he's love, but he functions justly. Motivated in and through love, right? So, so, uh, let's. I have some more questions for you Is God just? Yes, yes, yeah. This is the participi- per- per- participi- participatory. <laughs> <laughs> so, God is just. Is God righteous? Yes, is God holy? What is justice, righteousness, and holiness apart from love? It's the Pharisees who crucified the God of love. Wow. Yeah. Right? And so you might be thinking, well, God, God has he has other names, right? He's He's Creator. Yes, He is a Creator. But he existed before creation, and if God in his ontology, in his essence, is creator, then he needs creation in order to be what he is, and God doesn't need anything to be who he is, right? Y'all hanging with me? And God is ruler, right? That's true, absolutely, but he rules from his love, because it's not that he only has his identity once his rules are established, and he has people over which he can rule, No, no, he is love and he rules through love or from love. He is creator, but he creates from love. So those aren't necessarily his essence or at the nature level of his being, those are his functions. Those are things that he does, but at his core, he is love. He judges from love. So if, um, let me give you like an illustration to help, Help highlight this. Anyone ever been pulled over for speeding before? Raise your hand proud. There you go. We know. It's a room full of sinners, okay? I mean, how about this week? <laughs> okay, so <laughs> that's, that's a wonderful confession time. He's cleansing us of all unrighteousness in this very moment. First um, 1 John 1, 1.9. Um, okay, so we've been pulled over for speeding. You broke a rule, and a representative of the rules of the land is coming to your window. He is, he is a ruler, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and he's like, license, registration, whatever. And <clears throat> he goes to the, the police car, and, and he comes back after making sure you don't have any warrants. <laughs> I'm not gonna do a raise your hand for that one. Um, <laughs> and he just walks up and says, "Hey, uh, you got a real nice face. I'm just gonna let you go." You're like, "Really? Okay. Now, do you love the police officer? I mean." you're really thankful, you appreciate him. You probably think some good thoughts about him in that moment, but do you love him? Do you have like, have you experienced the love of that officer like in a a deep, and like no, but you are grateful. In in a way, you've experienced a little bit of of what he does, like the, the way that he functions, but you don't love him, you're just grateful. So gratefulness isn't love. So we can't relate to God as just as ruler because all that would inspire in us as gratefulness that he's treated us as we haven't broken his rules. His love is much bigger, much more wonderful than that. where his, his sons and daughters were not just ones that were let off the hook. I'm only a third of the way through these notes. This is wonderful. <laughs> I'm not going to, don't, don't worry. Everyone just got extra hungry when I said that. <laughs> so before time, we have Father, Son, and Holy Spirit existing, and they're satisfied And their love—they weren't unsatisfied—and then created humans in order to like scratch an itch that they had, right? As if God needed anything from us, right? He doesn't need obedience robots, and he doesn't need subjects to obey his rules. He was completely 100% satisfied in what he already had. But they looked at each other and said, "This is amazing. We should make more." Let us make man in our image. And we were birthed, like parents don't birth children out of necessity, do we? No, 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 no. They, they don't even say thank you for five years. Like <laughs> God <laughs> created out of love that we would experience the love that is present within the Trinity And that is where we're going to end today. And next week, we're going to have to jump back into more of the message of the Trinity. But can we pray together and welcome the love of God to change things in our hearts this morning? Lord, we thank you for the power of your love that transforms us. Can I have the ministry team come up? We thank you, God, that you are trustworthy, that you're not alone, that you're not hard to please, that you're not exacting, demanding. We thank you that you are a patient and kind Father. We thank you for your gentleness. We thank you that it is kindness that leads us to repentance. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that we would have encounters with your kindness this morning. Can you just put on some soft music? And what I want to do is give everyone, anyone who wants, an opportunity to come up and just encounter God's love.